good, the bad, the ugly. Welcome to Sustain Nutrition's podcast, Chewing the Fat, where Joe and James will be discussing all things good, bad and ugly regarding training and nutrition. So pull up your pants, put your best foot forward and get ready for some serious oral pleasure. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Joe and James. Sustain Nutrition, Chewing the Fat, episode 31. Bosh! So... We're recording our podcast, we're going live too. Um, as always, Joe, what is the subject today? Childhood obesity. <laughs> <laughs> I've just read what's on your screen. Are we making our kids fat? So, set your knickers to auto-twist, <laughs> you're about to get irked. No, yeah, so we've been looking at a couple of studies online. There's quite a lot, actually, there's quite a lot of... Uh, evidence, yes, is the word I'm saying that proof. is linking proof. Thank you for dumbing down the word evidence there. You're welcome. Uh, the links between parents being obese and then their children being more likely to be obese. <clears throat> so, what we're going to talk about? Uh, what we think about that and what to do about that. Cool. I was going to say because we haven't done a lot of research ourselves. <laughs> so just one, by a lot, I mean absolutely. Not. Yeah, one of the studies says a child with one obese parent has a fifty percent chance of being obese. When both parents are obese, their children have an eighty percent chance of obesity. Now, obviously, there's going to be lots of different factors involved in that, but that is for me quite a shocking statistic. How did you find that? It was someone posted it. Right, interesting. Read it. There's quite a few different studies going back from 2012, I found, right up until present day. There was something a while ago, wasn't there, where the um, the health commissioner came out with the, the, the statistics for overweight and obesity in women, and it's at something like 20 to 30, it's 40% of women. The next decade, it's 50%. The next decade, it's 60%. So right. It's, it's such so much more prevalent now, isn't it? I think if you looked at when you were in school and then 20 years later when I was in school um, <laughs> is that there was it was quite rare I guess I think if you look at the the numbers now or how much more common it is there was never that many big kids when I was at school whereas you know recently going into secondary schools there's more you know from a completely non-science based perspective there just of me saying what I see it is more common now I think for me and this reference will go massively over your head Go. You look at the film The Goonies, yep. which is one of my favourite films of all times. I've got a couple of photos where I look like the minion one from The Sloth. Goonies. Yeah. <laughs> like 24 hours a day. <laughs> um, Chunk was called Chunk because he was a fat kid in that. But if you look at him now, especially when he's doing the truffle he's shuffle. Slim. Yeah, he's called Trim. In the 50th anniversary edition. So yeah, I think that kind of shows... Uh, you know, he's no Augustus Gloop. Even Augustus Gloop's probably not that fat. Yeah, six-pack. <laughs> sure, it's Peter Andre. <laughs> so is... Well, me and you don't work in the field of research, do we? So we have to go off what the studies say. What so, Google says. Yeah, so it's going to be, from the best of our knowledge, truth, isn't it? There's people with more knowledge and experience and research in that field looking into these things. So it's 
Not for us to say whether this is fact or fiction or yeah, exaggeration. Yeah, there's, lo- there's lots of numbers thrown around. If you want to Google it, then Google it. Google, Google, I can't speak today. Likelihood of Not childhood obesity if your parents are obese. Um, and there's, yeah, there's quite a few different numbers thrown around which are vary but they're all not good ones they all suggest a link yes definitely so why do we think that is josephine why do we think that is it's probably a lack of education for me it's yep. going to be um people just aren't aware of the impact that these things have and i think um i was looking at doing some talks around so before i did my most recent run of talks i was looking at doing some before and i think the hard thing when you're trying to get people to buy into nutrition is that the impacts are so slow to occur so you know if you have if you get really drunk or you're careless when you're driving then the impacts can be immediate are you fake tanning yeah yeah maybe less so with the fake tanning but either way food is going to be one of those things that catches up with people over the course of a lifetime so there's no immediate negatives to having a meal off plan you know to have a chips, or yeah some chocolate whatever it may be in fact there's no negatives to doing that once a day and some people can get away with it their whole lives. And this is the issue, is that a lot of people can, but a lot more people can't. And that's why it's so hard, because there's 101 reasons that people should just eat freely and not worry about it. But then it's going to impact people's health long term, and the numbers are quite scary, aren't they? It's, it's a serious issue to have, to be... Not, not just physically, but mentally as well, you know, for the kids at school. It's not going to be a whole lot of fun. Well, then... Being like, unhealthy at school and struggling in pee and things like that. It's going to roll downhill as well, isn't it? Because then if you have an obese child, then they're going to become more than likely an obese adult and then their children are more likely to be obese. Like a pyramid scheme. And like a goddamn herbal shite. And so on and so forth. So it's so important to kind of nip that in the bud, you know, to break break the chain. I feel like there's a song there. Possibly. Oh. Fenton doesn't hear it. Very tired. <laughs> Please stop him singing, Daddy. Um... So yeah, I think what we see, you know, with our clients when they fill out the questionnaires is quite often, I don't know whether to look, whether to look at you, whether to look at the camera, whether to look at the microphone, whether to look at Fenton. Just eyes for a bit. He's very tired, isn't he? It's a lot of decorating he's been doing. Paint, yeah. um, that people will often say that they want to be a good example to their children, which is obviously super, super important. And, you know, <laughs> if you've struggled all your life with your weight, you don't want that you know, you want the best for your children. You you don't want that to continue. And that's why it's so important to kind of get a handle on your nutrition. And, you know, for, you know, one of the examples it will give is like when people, when it's, when it's say the kid's birthday and they stress out about having a piece of birthday cake with the kids, like you need to set a good example to your kids. And that should also be showing that all food is okay. You know, you could just got to have a sensible approach. You shouldn't have to demonize certain foods. You shouldn't say, oh, I can't eat cake because it's bad for you. Because a slice of cake never killed anybody. A healthy relationship isn't abstinence, is it? It's, yeah. it's having a balance and being able to moderate that. And I think that... It's the exact opposite, isn't it? People often then go too far. They ignore, you know, missing the wood for the trees and then they forget about the birthday cake, but don't worry about, you know, missing breakfast and then binging or having massive portions on an evening with yeah. a meal that's all carb-based and fat-based with no protein and veg. So... It's a tough one. What was the question again? <laughs> I was just talking about the, the kind of links what we see. And I was saying it's so important to set a good example to your children. 
Yeah, so a, lot, a sensible example. A lot of people you were saying there will say, I want to be a good example to my children. But then the children are then the same excuse for why they struggle. Is that mm. they'll put their, people say, I put my children first, or I spend all my time with my children, so then I don't have time to look after myself. And if you've ever done any of the personality typing stuff that um, I email about out in the taster, or we've mentioned the group before, you've got four different personality types. And a lot of our clients from this study or this um, this woman's research, Gretchen Rubin. Gretchen and, Rubin. Um, there's one type called an obliger, so they work really well with external accountability. So this is what a lot of our clients are because a lot of them are mothers. They focus on their children and their partner's needs first, and they often put themselves at the bottom. So that's why they work quite well with sustain because we provide them with external accountability. This is just a, uh, <clears throat> a tendency to act. So it's not you're always this way, but it is this tends to be how you will respond best so a lot of our clients work well with accountability obviously because we give accountability and then it's trying to make people aware that if you want the best for your children then sometimes you have to put yourself first you know you have to put your oxygen mask on first before you help others because you want to set a good example but is you making a nutritious meal for your children and then having a tea picking, picking a flapjack is that a good example to your children is that, you know, the thing you often say is if your children ate like that, would you accept that? Would you be happy if your kids missed their breakfast, snacked on flapjack for lunch and then got a takeaway for dinner? Probably not. You know, I would hope not. So it's trying to look at things from that perspective as well. Because ultimately you want to set a good example to your children, then you're going to have to put yourself first by showing your children that health and nutrition is important. Yeah, just going back to what Joe said whilst Fenton explores the he microphone looks absolutely massive on the camera now and the, the table is like you're not gonna be able to hear me buddy is um like so you will get food diaries where people might skip breakfast or they'll have a bar of chocolate for breakfast and then they'll have a toasty tea cake for the lunch and then maybe like you know a portion of chips for the dinner for example and then the question always is like you know would you allow your children to have a tea cake for their lunch and no breakfast? Or would you insist that they ate something more nutritious? And, you know, the answer's always, no, I, you're right, I'd make them eat something more nutritious. So it is a case of sometimes kind of putting your health and, you know, fitness and happiness forward first. Because once you're happy and healthy and fit, then it, it all rolls downhill, it all gets better for everyone. Because you're happy, you're content, you're setting a good example, you're showing how important it is to, you know, kids to look after yourself. And, you know, if you don't look after yourself, then what's going to happen? The whole house of cards is going to fall down when you crumble. Yeah, it's just it's setting your stall out early, isn't it? And putting yourself first in order to be the best parent you can be. It's hard. I think sometimes you see this a lot in the fitness industry is people will get frustrated because the people who are talking aren't parents. And as yet, we aren't parents. Not together. You know what I mean? Anyway, so it's that thing, isn't it, of we don't have that first-hand experience but there's always a solution to the problem and often i saw it a lot with a guy called phil learnies he did quite a lot of stuff on children's nutrition a lot of people would say what do you know you're not a parent and it's that thing of he may not be a parent but he can also he's, the science still stands it still works the same for everyone if you don't eat nutritionally dense foods in a calorie amount that your body needs then you'll get overweight so it's a bit of a, a null and void excuse for me in that sense because you still have that pressure to perform, whether you're a parent or not. You know, you still need to be setting a good example. I feel like I wandered there. Never mind. <laughs> but no, it is. You know, you're saying that you, you know, if you're putting your children forward, or putting your children first, then that has to involve 
some level of self-care for yourself because if you are you know eating poor choice foods your energy is low and energy is just so important for everything i don't just mean like being able to go out for a run i mean like your kind of physical and mental energy you're kind of looking after yourself your own kind of mental health then you're kind of doing your kids a bit of a disservice because you're not you know people got about being the best version that of you that you can be you you're kind of putting that aside you're kind of wearing yourself down so the kids are kind of getting the bare minimum of you that's possible when yeah. really you know they want the best experience of you possible yeah if you stayed up all night or you know, put yourself in a stressed out state, then you wouldn't be in a position to be the best parent you can be. And that's exactly the same with looking after your health and your fitness. You see it a lot of the time when people come in and they say, I just want to be able to play with my kids. You know, I, I want to be able to run around after my kids. And ultimately, that can be a byproduct of not looking after yourself. Is if you get to a point where you're not physically able to run around, then you're not, in my opinion, being the best parent you can be. Mm. You know, if, if, from a personal experience then, my old man was a big guy when I was younger and didn't do much exercise or look after himself. My mum was more physically active. And it was always a shame. It was always like, oh, my dad's the fat dad. And it's a bit shit, really. Like from my personal experience, is that I had a couple of mates who got, had really athletic dads. And it's probably one of the things that's pushed me into doing what I'm doing now because I want to be physically able to not have to be that dad who goes, oh, yeah, your dad's really athletic. Brilliant. You know, as tough as it sounds, it these are these are things that shape you. You know, it happens. You know, how God knows how old I was when that was. That's because eight years old, yeah. probably. But that's possibly because you're slightly more vanity driven, not yeah. in a bad way. No, I don't, I don't think being being vain. I know, think it's a bit of both. To a be fair, thing. But I mean, like you know, I'd want to be you know fit and strong. Like you know, years ago when you used to get the bus, I'm going to be a dilf. <laughs> not for me you know uh, years ago we used to get the bus and you'll see like old people getting on the bus and they'll struggle when the bus breaks and they'll fucking lose the balance and they'll you know kind of stagger around and stuff like that and I thought I just don't want to be like that I want to be as strong and as fit as possible for as long as possible and you it's are so old. yeah <laughs> I have that old person now that people give the seats up pinning people to <laughs> their seats is, um, 115 kilos coming through yeah Shut up. <laughs> you know, you want to be, you know, strong and fit to be able to play with your children. But then you also want to be strong and fit to then play with your grandchildren. You know, I don't want to be, you know, that person who can't do something with my grandkids. I want to be able to still run around with them, go on the monkey bars, <laughs> probably, probably, probably break them. Just walking on the floor. Yeah, yeah, just that kind of, you know, that's a great motivation to think, I'm doing these choices now because they're going to pay off you know, in 30 years' time when I'm playing with my grandkids, or even great-grandkids. I was talking to my old man about this today, actually, and saying about how everything in life comes down to making decisions that are shit now that will pay you off long-term, eating well, exercising, education, refurbishing a house, which is what I'm doing at the moment. It's all not fun in the moment. Eating healthy, training hard, studying. It's, it's not investing, it's not stuff Exactly, it's not stuff that people want to do. But three years later, for a uni degree, or three weeks later for health and fitness, you reap, you reap those rewards. Whereas the food and the drink and the stuff that takes you off plan is the opposite. Is it gives you a payout now, but you're effect, you're effectively trading, aren't you? You're trading pleasure long term because it's stopping you being the best parent you can be in this particular example. And it's it's so hard for people to break that habit because they're so used to immediate satisfaction, immediate satisfaction, you know, gratification right now, and that's modern society. 
but you have to look into these things and think, is it actually worth it? Speaking to one of my clients the other day, I said to her, you know, I, I talk, tried to talk people through their decisions and saying, she was saying, I miss chocolate. I said, you know, what would it give you and what would it take away? She said, it would take away a little bit of happiness. And I said, I'm just going to step in here from what you said before. You mentioned how upsetting it was that you couldn't do the gymnastics stuff at CrossFit. You having a chocolate bar now is stopping you doing that. Yeah. And it's really important to you. So you're not just missing out, you know, by not having a chocolate, it's not affecting you in just 20 years' time. It's going to affect you for every minute of your CrossFit session. There's so many drawbacks. And the more you can focus on this, the more it's going to motivate you because it means so much more. Whereas if you just go, oh, it'd be nice to be thinner at some point, it comes back to good goal setting again. You know, you're quite big on this, aren't you? Yeah. That when you look at what you're actually trading off, and it's hard... Because people don't always want to think like that. But if you do, then you'll find some really good reasons to, to make the right decisions. And your kids are going to be the absolute front of that, aren't they? Uh, yeah, I was just... I, actually just back on point. I, say, I jumped on a, um, a live video earlier today talking about you know uh, chocolate. Someone had posted saying that they were having a real issue kind of binging on 700 calories of chocolate per day. And I say, what is it, you know, similar to what you just said, because funnily enough, we both have similar views on this. Yeah, you've heard me talk about it a million times as well. Yeah, what's it really giving you? And, and people think, like, say, you know, we're not saying you have to eat, you know, boiled chicken and broccoli every day because that would be fucking dull as piss. <laughs> um, and no one would ever stick to it. But when it comes to eating, you know, like a steak, sweet potato wedges, and a lot of asparagus for a meal, that's fucking tasty meal. No, stop it. That is a delicious meal, and that's something that's pleasurable. But, you know, people get so caught up, like, well, if I'm on a diet, so I can't eat Domino's and I can't eat, what is it, KFC on a Tuesday where you get some ridiculous amount of chicken for five ninety nine. You told me to shut up, so I'm done. <laughs> yeah, like, that's adding so much to your life, and he's just not, you know, if I think back, like, what meals did I eat last week? I've not got a fucking clue. Yeah. I could have eaten chicken and broccoli every single day, and it would have absolutely zero impact on my life. Except, You'd be leaner. Like I said, except I'd probably be 114 kilos <laughs> instead of 115. I'd be worried about you. <laughs> you know, so you know, people get so caught up that right there, right in that minute, oh, I'm gonna have to live my best yeah, life. Like mm. this has to be sustainable. Is one of one of three. Yeah, you know what I mean. So does your life. You know. Eating a pizza or something, yeah, it's cool at the moment, right in there. But in a month's time, are you even going to remember if you had that pizza or not? Yeah. Probably not. And obviously hindsight is a wonderful thing. And I'm not saying you can never eat, ever eat a pizza again. But there needs to be a balance. You know, the whole kind of 80-20, 90-10. You know, don't, you don't have to justify every bad choice. We go like, well... I had to do this. Yeah, There's no other option. I don't, I'm really, you know, I'm, I'm missing toast. All right, cool. But are you going to get to your, you know, if that put you in, yeah. if that, put you in, your you, in right if that put you in your grave five years earlier, would you would you lie there and go, oh, I really enjoyed all that toast? Yeah, thank God I ate all that toast. I'm going to eat five, five less years with my family because I really enjoyed all that toast that I had. And this is why it's hard because people don't want to think like that. And but ultimately, well, that's quite dramatic. Uh, but, but but it's it's true, isn't it? But if you don't, you have to extrapolate that way because otherwise you can just eat whatever you like. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Toast is not going to be the reason, is it? But excessive calories are, and it's. It's hard because our job is to, to show people the ramifications of their actions sometimes. So you'll have people going, I want to lose weight, but I don't want to give this up. You know, this is really important to me, but so are these foods. And then they get nowhere. And then you have to say, what's going to change here? Because at the moment, you're telling me you're doing everything you can, but you're not getting the progress that you want. So one of those things has to shift. You have to change 
your effort or your expectations. You cannot have minimal effort, maximum expectations and get there. Some people can, but I'll tell you what, it's not very many. There's very, very few people, is there, who eat badly by our system and get what they want. Yeah. Because that's exactly why they've got where they are, because they've eaten freely. You just can't have everything. And I appreciate, you know, that's what society shows you. You see all these Instagrammers absolutely ripped to bits munching pizza. You don't see the other, how many hours is it a week? 168? You don't see the other 167 hours where they're doing everything right for them to have this one pizza. And it's just trying not to buy into that crap. Just be realistic with yourself because also you're not a 25-year-old who can squat 200 kilos and bench 150. They're going to have a lot more... genetics. Yeah, they have a lot more wiggle room. Now, I appreciate that that's probably contradicted what we said about teaching your kids a good relationship with food. (laughs) But there needs to be... You need to make some progress because odds are you're coming in with like 30 or even 40 years of a bad relationship with food and making bad choices. So that needs to... You know, you need to shift that balance towards losing weight over you know kind of what you've been doing previously to gain weight um but you've got kind of a clean slate with your kids they don't have that bad relationship with foods and that's why you need to kind of show them how to manage it how to actually you know eat all the good stuff eat the things that you need and then it's okay to have like fish and chips once a week or a pizza or you know something you want as long as that's not made up of every single meal but i think we're kind of getting on to the second third maybe even fourth generation now, of people who can't cook, who don't know what a healthy meal is. And that's why the education part is so important. I think a good point to segue onto there would be about teaching your kids healthy reactions to situations. So the thing I see most often is people overeating their calorie needs because of an emotion, Mm. whether that be frustration or sadness. or It's normally a negative, isn't it? It's normally something stress-based. And that the thing I often try to allude to is that these are always going to occur, whether you are shit a, always a, happens. Whether you're a trust fund baby or whether you're living on the street, in which case, shout out to you for listening to our podcast. We live on the street. Then you're always going to have bad things happen. So you need to learn how to manage this because eating food as a reaction is what has got you to to this point and what has got most people to being in a state where they're unhappy. It's not because they've gone and had a pizza with their friends and had a few slices or even had a whole one. It's because people have overdone foods and drink to excess normally, not through a pleasure. You know, people say that, and I'm always a bit dubious when they go, I just love eating, like... Greedy, that's Yeah, I'm slightly dubious. It's very very rare that you see somebody who goes, because they just won't come to us. If If you really love eating, then you're not bothered about... How you, as, mu- as bothered as how you look and how, how you're in your health because that's more important to you. So those people don't tend to work with us. So for me, it'd be about teaching your children. This is something that I don't know about, but would just be saying it is fine to be upset. Just let the emotions go. You know, do something else to distract you. De-stress. Talk about. Go it. for a walk. Talk about it exactly. Rather than you're really upset. Let's go get some food or let's give you some chocolate or some sweets because you're building and reinforcing that relationship that almost everyone has. I had a woman recently who was very petite, eating very badly. Mm. And it just, it's not always, you know, because you th- think, what, 60% of women over 50 are overweight. But it doesn't mean that that 40% are left are eating healthily. No, Their kids not. have still got a chance of being overweight or obese because of these poor nutritional habits. And that should be where you focus rather than how can we get as many bad calories into our day without us getting fat, but more how can we handle emotions and stressful situations better without going, oh my God, I need some food. 
That's what I was really, really lucky. You know, we kind of mum cooked nearly all of our food. We always had dinner together. We had breakfast together. Um, mum's not an emotional eater. Dad's not either. You know, they're not big drinkers. Well, they are now. <laughs> they were big drinkers probably because we just couldn't afford it. Um, so I, I had really good examples. And I'd say, you know, I've got a good relationship with food. I mean, I enjoy eating food. Don't get me wrong. But I do enjoy, you know, there's always vegetables to be had. There was always some kind of protein. Um, a lot of it was homemade. You know, don't get me wrong, we had, like, the old stuff from B-Jam. No, nothing. Like Iceland. Um, oh. You know, like, kind of the odd frozen foods and stuff like that. But I think generally it's because we couldn't afford it. So it was just, like, a lot of stews. Fair a enough. lot of stews. <laughs> a lot of shepherd's pie. See, I didn't have that so much because I was, I was third child. So we were, we were, I was, you can, you I was can tell. the affluent baby. You can tell. Um, yeah, Middle, middle class, isn't it? <laughs> tough, tough middle class life, and you know, I, I guess it might be quite a common thing with the third child. We're a bit like they're annoying. Yeah, we're not going to do quite so much cooking. I don't know, but it was just I never, you know, really learned how to cook or anything like that. And it, it's only through good fortune, really, that I got to uni and went, God, I'm fucking bored of eating bolognese and pizza. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, for some reason, I, a friend of mine actually ended up becoming a chef. I asked him to teach me to cook, hmm. taught me a few Thai recipes. I was like, oh, this is all right. Do you know what? This is quite a good way to get girls into your house. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that was, it just, I just got bored of eating the same bland food. And then I gradually moved down that journey. It was just because that's probably the way that I'm wired up that it's something interested in, that I'm still here now, like 11 years later, the girls doing thing. these things. What, desperate trying to get women into my house? <laughs> no, don't be that. No, they have to pay you rent. <laughs> just use grinder now. No, there's people on there. Anyway. Moving on. Yes, so I think you could, uh, to sum up, possibly. Yeah, to move on. If you wanted to help your kids, get your shit together first. Don't be afraid to put yourself first and view it from the perspective of I am putting myself first so I can be the best example and the best parent I can. Of course, you know, the amount of times you can, uh, we get in people's diaries like, I'm sending this now, I'm absolutely exhausted because... You know, as parents, especially as mums as well, you kind of you're so willing to put everyone else first, and you know you're just kind of left with the scraps. Basically, a bit of self care is not you know it's not being greedy. It's not essential. Selfish, yeah. yeah, it's not selfish. That's the word I was looking for. It's essential. You know, because if you want to be the best person you can be, and you want to be the best parent, mum, whatever it is that you can be, then you need to put yourself forward. Sometimes you know you need to have a bit of time to yourself. And whether that involves, you know, a dad day or an uncle day, an auntie day, whatever it is, where you can get a bit of time to yourself, even if it's just 10, 12 minutes, you know, where you can get in the bath. Do a hit. <laughs> yeah, do a hit. You know, read a book. Go for a little walk or anything like that. It's just so important to recharge your batteries, look after yourself because shit rolls downhill. And if, you know, your kids see you doing it, more than likely it's going to repeat into their life. Mm, happy. Yeah, you can do that? Yeah, all good. Right, so thank you very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Taking the time out to listen to us babble on about whatever yeah, it is. We're wildly off topic. Yeah, usual. And I see here Fenton sniffing the microphone. Um, so thanks for listening. Please leave a review, like, subscribe. Um, and don't be afraid to get in touch with us if there's any subjects that you would like us to cover. That is all for now. Say goodbye, Fenton. Goodbye, Fenton. <laughs> <laughs>